Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered. Today we have an amazing guest, Andrew Haywood, who is the recruiting manager at Roblox. And he is going to give some insight on really how you can stand out. You know, Roblox receives hundreds of applications. How do you stand out amongst the masses? Ooh, this is exciting. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing? Awesome. I'm really excited to be here this morning, uh, Brianna and Taylor. So thanks for inviting me. Nice. Of course. Happy to have you. I don't, I don't know about um, Brianna, but my kids, like I told her we were recording with somebody from Roblox today. My son's like got his Roblox t-shirt on. I mean, he, it's like, it's a big deal. They want to hear about it whenever. Yeah. I'm like, it's business stuff, but they want to hear about it whenever they get home. That's love, wonderful. Love that. Yeah. I love to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> And make sure you guys listen on um, all the way to the end for Andrew's Broke to Boss Tip of the Week. We're really excited for that. We love when our guests provide their insight. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, Andrew, you know what ours typically are. So um, feel free to not censor yourself. Just shoot it to him straight. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Nice. All right. Well, let's dig in because, you know, you obviously have a very well-known brand. I mean, if kids know about you, everybody knows about you, right? Um, so I, I'm wondering, just want to start off, how many you know applications do you get per job rack? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it We have, we're fortunate right now. Obviously, we're in a very unique market time frame, but we're still hiring quite a bit. Um, and it really depends on the level of role, the type of role. Um, we usually, uh, can get from hundreds of applicants, you know, on a certain rec to just a few, depending on the level. So a lot of our efforts are outbound sourcing to referrals, mm -hmm. as well as applicants. We're doing a lot of external branding events, tech talks in, the, in our local area. For example, we also are at, um, particular events uh, around the U.S. Uh, as well. So we definitely want to represent ourselves properly. Yeah. So with all of the outbound, I mean, obviously you have to pay attention to inbound because that's that's the, the easier stuff. So yeah. how would one stand out? Like, are they, because I, I think of, I mean, as a recruiter, I'm like, I'm hitting up everybody. I'm going straight to you. I'm going to the hiring manager. I'm putting my application, all those things. But that's a bit aggressive. So how, how, do, you, how do you recommend? What, what, what do you think of? Yeah, I think first, if if I'm applying, don't spam your resume to multiple positions. Really try to target that search within, look through a job site, really target a role that aligns with your experience and passion, first and foremost. Second, um, you know, go on a LinkedIn or whatnot and look at the type of folks that could be on that team. If it's noted on LinkedIn, do some research on your own, highlight something, really kind of target that resume towards the role as well. And as you mentioned, there are going to be multiple resumes in a rec, but as a company, we definitely do our due diligence and go through our pipelines and recs. We're very tight on the data. We try to keep these stages very clean and we try to get back to everyone. 
That's I have hard. to go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I have to imagine you, you guys get, because you get such an abundance of applicants and I'm sure you have recur referrals and they're amazing candidates as well. So I'm sure you just got a great pipeline of people. So I'm curious to know, what do you do with your silver medalists? So your candidates yeah, that maybe didn't I, get the job, awesome, but they're like still yeah. really good. That's a great question. We, as a talent org and a company, we do our best to find homes for folks who are very talented and may not have maybe made it to that particular role. Most of the positions we have are multiple openings or a lot of them. So we try to do find homes for folks. And as a talent or two, we share candidates, uh, individuals that maybe better fits in other positions. For example, we're we're giving an offer to an individual that was initially being considered for a different team in the summer. And now we've reconsidered coming back to them again for a different role. So we definitely want to look at folks that were potentially great fits, but maybe didn't make it that time around. Got it. So when you're going through them, like, like I love that you just brought someone back and actually we just got off of an episode on, on how like your skills are transferable. This is something I'm thinking as you're interviewing, as your resume, they're transferable things. So how can someone, you know, just because they didn't make it this time, how could they assure or, or, you know, even get a better chance the second time? That's a great question. I think as that individual staying in touch with that recruiter or that hiring manager, showing you are engaged first and foremost with the brand. Are you following uh, what's going on like our investor day videos or what maybe a podcast or an article? Are you staying engaged with our brand? For example, staying in touch with that person because it really does matter when we talk to individuals, are they really into our platform? Obviously, if they have kids, most likely they know about our platform, but have they touched it? Have they played with it a little bit? And even if they're not, we hire a lot of brilliant individuals who may not be in that realm or maybe play those games, but they know how to scale a product and build great products, but how they actually dug in and say, signed up for an account, jumped in and looked at our, mm. our platform. Uh, but I would say stay engaged uh, with that recruiter, stay in touch. Um, and we are growing. Uh, we're definitely a company that continue to scale and grow. So there's going to be opportunities that are going to be opening up for individuals. So how often do you, going back to like Brianna said, we just recorded an episode on transferable skills. Um, how often going back to, you probably get an abundance of really great candidates. Do you say, well, I know you applied for this role, maybe a recruiting role, but based on your skills and the conversations and how they did in the interview, we actually think you'd be great in this marketing role that we have open. Is that something you guys do? You know, it really depends. That's probably my best answer. It depends on what that level is and what type of experience they're looking for. I can say there is internal mobility, for example, for individuals. Mm. Um, and so that's an opportunity uh, for one, if you're already in and you, there's a potential in another group. And that's obviously a evolving process as we've, you know, recently public entity, we are growing, we're scaling it all of these structures and processes are evolving as well internally. Um, I guess to answer your question, it really just depends on what that group is looking for. What is the number of positions they need for that position? But it has happened and we are in a process of, you know, nurturing the talent we have internally as well. What what's your recommendation if someone's on your site and trying to do their due diligence and be like, OK, what position is right for me? Because sometimes there's positions that are right for them and there's positions that they prefer. 
So wondering how they would go about that. Do they apply for the one that on paper they look the best fit for so they can get in the door? Or do they apply for the position they actually want and go into more detail on their background and how they could fit? Yeah, that's a great question. I that I think that happens to a lot of individuals. They have some future goal of where they want to be, but their skills at the moment maybe are really transferable for a current role that is available, right? And they have mm -hmm. to find a way to grow themselves in, in that um, kind of pathway. So I would say overall, you know, we, we definitely look for folks who are going to be qualified for that particular role. Um, if, especially it's a more senior level, we need individuals who have done X, Y, Z, so they can come in uh, with that expertise. Uh, I say for the lower level roles, there's definitely an opportunity for folks to, to come in and inspire for a particular position. And you know, we started a talent wrote a team rotation program recently this summer. So individuals mm -hmm. who just graduated can come in, get trained up uh, through kind of a boot camp program to learn how to learn about the, all the different nuances uh, in the talent uh, craft. And, cool. you know, they're, they're That's cool. doing sourcing, recruiting, and now they're going through the cycle now of joining certain groups within the talent or for instance, I would say, depending on the higher level you get, there is going to be that factor of, do you have that experience that we need for that group, for instance? Got it. Um, one of the things I'm wondering, so you talked about tailoring your resume to the job that you're applying for. Um, and I know each company, you know, we've got our own, everybody's got their things that they look for. So is there something that's maybe, maybe a little bit unconventional that someone puts on their resume that you look for that stands out to you? You know, that's maybe not the norm. That's like the hobbies or um, I ran, you know, a 10K or whatever it is. Is there things that Roblox looks for that are maybe a little bit unconventional like that? Sure. I, I We definitely look for well-rounded individuals. If you come to Roblox, everyone is, you know, very, has different backgrounds from their hobbies and what they like to do, for instance. And yeah, hundred percent. There's, there's people who we have a running club, you know, we have other like gaming, gaming groups, like folks who have other interests. We have individuals who had built games on the platform too. So I think definitely that we look at that uh, during that process, that culture fit and everyone is, you'll, if you meet anyone at Roblox, they're super nice, super humble, really easy to talk to individuals. So we, we really want folks who don't really have that ego to them, but yeah. are really passionate about their craft and really passionate about, you know, their growth and what they want to do. Um, but I, I guess the answer, yeah, we definitely kind of look at that. But first, you know, we look at, are they going to be really a good fit for that role? And then, you know, we hundred percent, we have, uh, we look at those kind of things as well in terms of that culture and how they're going to, as that one being, how's it going to be part of that, the organization. So Andrew, a lot of, especially bigger companies have bots on the back end going through resumes. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if, if you guys have one, but just wondering thinking, okay, bots sometimes miss some of those soft skills or some of those, you know, culture ads that are on our resume. How do you deal with that? Like, I just, I guess I kind of think of buzzwords and, and whatnot, but lots of times you don't know if they're going to be a culture ad to you until you talk to them on the phone. So wondering how, you know, bot versus human you, your approach is. We're, we're definitely human. Uh, we don't use bots to filter through the applications. Okay. Uh, we definitely, we make our hundred percent effort to talk to individuals, uh, dig in, learn about them. What are they inspiring to do? What, what's their kind of 
what kind of role they really like to do with, what are their passion. So we haven't gone them. We do use tools though, you know, within the organization help speed our process and help us as recruiters uh, move faster and try to give a good experience as well uh, for each candidate. Okay, well, before we continue talking to Andrew about getting your application seeing amongst the crowd, I'd like to talk about today's sponsor, which is Recruit CRM. If you're on the hunt for an ATS, plus the CRM system that talks business, then definitely check out Recruit CRM. They've got everything you could need to make recruiting easy, from automated interviewing scheduling to email tracking, they've got it all. Brennan Jackson, the CBO at MMI Industries says, I've used Bullhorn, I've used Pipedrive, I've even used Zoho Recruit, and they're all kind of lackluster. They don't deliver a product that solves our problems and the solutions we need. Recruit CRM is the first product that I've seen that's actually built by recruiters for recruiters. It's crazy how they have had a 4.9 rating out of 5 on Gartner's Captera, and most of these reviews talk about their super impressive customer service support and user experience. So don't forget to check out Recruit CRM. You can even book a demo or sign up for a free trial, no credit card required. That's amazing. That is hard to do. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to do. do. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, every company has a unique process in how they yeah. interview people. Uh, you know, what, what, you know, interviewing is minimi- mitigating risk in terms of bringing people on to do great work and have people who are really passionate about what they do and they can grow within the company, for instance. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we definitely don't use bots, try to use the human touch there but we also are we have a very tight data integrity method um we have data audits we're making sure we we move candidates fast through the pipeline the process and you know as an organization as we're growing we're getting much better at it you know in the earlier days and i've been at various startups you're kind of moving really fast you're trying to hire for the company create a great can experience you're wearing a lot of different hats and we're building up this structure within the talent org so we can have great candidate experience, move fast, and really try to give a personal touch. Um, We didn't touch on this, but I'm just curious to know, um, how long have you been with Roblox and what is the size of your team? Great question. Yeah, I've been at Roblox over three years now. So I've been fortunate to go through the uh, pre-public you know, offering yep. to now post and seeing that difference of so cool. scale, really great experience. Yeah. Um, when I started, the talent team was around 30. Now we're over 200 individuals mm-hmm. and we're still wow. hiring. You know, we're one of the fortunate individuals or companies that are still building the talent org right now. Um, obviously, it's a very unique market time. Everyone knows what's going on, but we're still growing. Yeah. Um and uh, overall, my team is right now five individuals, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I oversee the infrastructure hiring efforts. As a company, we're now over 2,000 people. So when I started, we're wow. probably around 300-ish wow. individuals in the company. So we've grown quite a bit. And a lot of it has been through this COVID period where you know you didn't really see a lot of people, especially people you hire. And now we're starting to go in once or twice a week, finally meet people get re-energized again from meeting human beings and working with colleagues, you know, so it's been, it's been nice uh, overall to kind of come back and have that, that hybrid model, but also interact with your, your colleagues and feel like you're doing great work together. 
Oh, I have a controversial question for you. <laughs> uh, remote versus in office. Um, I'm pretty vocal about I enjoy in office because I think the energy you just feed off of each other. So what what's your take on that? Like it's hybrid enough. Could you also get the same energy when you're out of the office? How do you guys work that? Yeah, that's a great question. I I I definitely feel the the energy too. I am someone who feeds off of meeting people and working together. Um, but I also valued that time when I could spend time with my family, take kids to school and sport events. Yeah. So I do enjoy this hybrid model where mm -hmm. I get that sense of purpose with meeting folks and really focusing on the project and getting that energy. But also I value that time of maybe not having to drive an hour to that office yeah. uh, in the morning, but I could spend time to get on. I, I definitely value this mixture we have right now. And I do value the in-person activity. You, do, you really do do great things together. You get a lot done quickly if it's just face to face. Um, so I, I enjoy this mixture. And I think we did learn as an organization, as a, as a um, economy too, that people can do things remotely and get stuff done. But I think people definitely miss interaction at the same time too. Yeah. I completely Taylor actually has been working. Well, you've been working remotely before COVID and, and you've been rocking yeah. that out. But now did you go in and, and, and meetings and stuff like that? that oh, work? yeah. Yeah, I would go in for I, I would go visit clients. That's primarily what I did. And even like pre working 100% remote, even my IBM days, you know, my IBM Connects days, I would still travel all the time to client sites. So it was like, ah, okay. even if, yeah. And so um, in my pre previous employer, direct employer right before this, yes, I was remote, but I still traveled a lot to go visit clients. So I still, I, I completely agree with everything that you guys are saying, that energy, you know me, Brian. I love a war room. I love to like, yeah. we're working on a QBR. I love to get in a war room all day and just bang something out. But um, I, I totally agree with what you're both saying of that energy and feeding off of each other. And it's nice to work in an office sometimes with people, but if I had the choice, I would never trade the flexibility that you get to have with kids and taking kids to school. And if they're sick and you, you know, you can handle that um, because I have worked in other environments as we've discussed, Brianna, where if you have to pick up your sick kid, you have to put in PTO to go do that. And so that for me would be a hard no that I would never go back to an organization like that. That's just mm -hmm. super, super strict. And you have to be here for these set hours your ass has to be in the chair, you know? Yeah. 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 And there's definitely, we have flexibility in, even with we're going the office. So they, we don't have a tight nine to five. You got to be here, but I think just being present, you know, especially on the talent side, you're working with clients internally, having that FaceTime. And there's a big difference from meeting, seeing someone on video than in person. And a lot of comments are interesting where, Oh, you're much taller in person, or you're not small in person. So it's interesting yeah. comments uh, when you meet individuals uh, face to face. That that's is hilarious. So funny. Yeah, that's exactly what happened yeah. to the two of us when we met. You know, we we worked together for quite a while before we met, and I had no idea her height. She had no idea of mine. And so when we met, it was like, Oh, come here. You know, like <laughs> you're all short one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, and I'm five, nine. And then, yeah, it was even when we got, when we got back after I visited the office. Um, some of the employees were like, Hey, I heard you're really tall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, we, it we is definitely have that here. Um, we have individuals who are very tall, you know, spanning <laughs> six feet plus to shorter. And it's really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk to somebody and you just see this much of them, yeah. you know, and then you meet them in person. It's like, oh, wow. I had no idea. 
you know, exactly. your head looks big. So I would not <laughs> think you were that <laughs> short. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So un- unfortunately we're all, like over at time, which is nuts, but oh, wow. I, I want to ask, what, yeah, I know. Right. So fast. It's so good. Um, I want to ask one more question because I know we're talking about standing out in the masses just by, you know, applying. So what about, I mean, I, I don't think anyone does cover letters anymore. Is that, is that safe to say, right? Um, what yeah, about when they're up? Cool. Uh, when they're applying, are can they write a message? Can they and anything besides their resume stand out? Yeah, I, I think it helps a bit, right? If someone's really into the platform or they they note, hey, I, I built this game when I was a kid, or or I've done XYZ on the platform, or I researched this. It definitely shows that passion for the platform. You know, we talk to brilliant individuals all the time and we definitely look for that spark. You know, do they do they actually love the scale that we're working on? Do they actually believe in the platform and how we're really creating this awesome immersive platform where people can interact socially and do great things together? Um, so that, it definitely helps. I, to your point, cover the cover letter uh, era has kind of died out, but anything, any kind of verbiage or anything they they can't or message it helps you know they'll definitely look at um folks will look at that profile for instance we you know sometimes we'll get kids who apply uh you know <laughs> wanting to work at which was really cute because they're really interested we also have folks who were on the platform as builders who've built games who, who've come wow. work for us as well it's pretty wow. cool that is cool ah, awesome yeah make sure you move Cade bradley's application to the top he's nine so I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. But that's, I love that you have kids apply. I think that's really cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're at time for the broke to boss tip yeah. of the week, Andrew. So well, it's, this is awesome. Him. So broke to boss. Yeah. I think for what I want to give for folks is have a growth mindset. And we have that at Roblox too, is always, you know, don't take mistakes as I'm a failure, take them as growing growth moments and always keep moving forward and, and keep kind of gr- building yourself. And I remember when I was working with a particular startup in the past, the founder told me get in your, in your particular role, get to the point where you're outgrowing your position and you can hand it off to the next and enjoy and keep building yourself. So I really, I thought that was really great advice. It's scary advice, but it's also great advice where you're continuing to build your craft and build yourself. And if you can, you know, build out a group or build out a team and say, hand it off to in a great shape, or you move on to a different kind of role, you can really feel good about yourself, but always take failures as learning moments, keep building, give feedback, take feedback. Well, um, no matter what the feedback, take it as growth moments. There are times, especially earning your career, you're getting some critical feedback. You feel really bad about yourself. But you, but you actually grow the most during these moments. You, 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 you kind of step back, think, and you kind of move forward during those moments. So the toughest times are the moments where you're actually building yourself or versus when things are going well, you're probably not uh, developing yourself as much as you could. So stay uncomfortable, stay in that growth moment and keep pushing yourself to move forward. I got the chills. Did you, Taylor? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> mic drop. You know, that was really good. I, 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 oh my God. I like, I have so much to say, but that was your broke boss. So you, you like, like that's it. But that's exactly what it is. You get stagnant 
it's not fun anymore. So then you put yourself in tough situations. And I read something well, on Pinterest, I'm a Pinterest girl, but um, something like it's a choice to stay down. You choose to stay down. Um, right. So the growth moments, oh, growth moments. I love that. Yeah. And especially during this period, it's a very unique market. I know yes. a lot of people are getting laid off. You know, this is just one, this is just one moment. Things are going to get better as they do. Keep moving forward, um, basically. Love it. Love That's it. a really good Love one. It. Yeah. Really Woo. good insight. Andrew Haywood, recruiting manager at Roblox. This was awesome. And this was, by the way, not just a, this is not a plug on Roblox. It's just where you work. You gave a lot of great just feedback and ideas for any individual applying anywhere. So thank you so much. Love that you're here. Yes, oh, thank this you so is much so for fun. Us. Thank you. It went really fast. It, it went fast. <laughs> no. It did. It did. It did. It always does. Okay. Thanks all. And remember, this episode is also on the Millionaire Recruiter, the YouTube channel. So you can, you know, really watch us in action. And please, you know, subscribe, sign up for our email list, all those good things. Um, count takeover and filter. Woo. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Thank you.